What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Off The Chain, the backbone for storytelling across builders, creators, and collectors within Web3. Each episode, we dive into how these technologists use the power of blockchain to build businesses and foster creativity. Today, we've got Jim Daly, a co-founder and CEO of LinksDAO. Jim is a seasoned exec with scaling companies to hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. And for those who don't know, LinksDAO is a global community of golf enthusiasts in Web3 reimagining the modern golf and leisure club. Today's podcast covers Jim's executive background, the decentralized nature of LinksDAO, the process of buying a physical golf course, and how his team uses Web3 tech to reinvent the golf world. Enjoy, everyone. Jim, what's going on? Thank you so much for joining Off The Chain. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dylan. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful to be here. You know, you're based in Connecticut. I was born in Westchester, so we got a little bit of the Northeast thing going on here. So hopefully that brings in a good conversation today, along with all the wonderful things that you're doing at LinksDAO. And so again, want to thank you for joining the podcast. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to the chat. Let's hop right into it. Would love for you just to share your name and what your current role is. Sure. I'm Jim Daly, founder and CEO of LinksDAO. And for those who are unfamiliar with LinksDAO and for those who have been living under a rock, can you give us the 60 second overview of what LinksDAO is? Yeah, for sure. So I started this project with Mike Dudas and also somebody who you've had on your podcast before, Chris Mattern from Floor. And we thought that there was a really good application for uh, NFT and blockchain technologies in more of a membership and utility based product. So essentially, we went out at the end of last year in, in mid December and said, we're going to completely rethink what being part of a golf community can and should be. We're going to start a, a club. We are going to make it fully permissionless so anybody can join it. We're going to make it affordable, accessible, and we're also going to give an outsized voice to everybody that's part of this club, right? So like really make it more democratic. People went crazy for the idea and we sold 9,090 NFTs, which served as utility tokens and membership passes at the beginning of the year and generated over 11 million in, in, in revenue to really get started on, on, you know, on our path to delivering really, really strong benefits for, to the community. So what we're building and what's been accomplished this year has been like extremely, extremely exciting. And I think it's moved a lot faster than we were even anticipating it would. So essentially we're doing a few different things. One, we are providing the, the world's most valuable digital subscription product for the world of golf. So, we have tons of partnerships with really big golf companies, which I know we can get into a little bit later, but the likes of Callaway and likes of Top Golf, likes of Five Iron Golf, and basically over 25 different partners right now that are bringing value and utility to our community. So if you own our membership NFT, you get the best discounts and access that the world of golf has to offer. We're also going out and we're buying a golf course. So we're buying a golf course and everybody uh, that's part of the community that's our, that's a member and NFT holder can join that golf course and also has a major voice in terms of how the whole place looks, how it feels, the rules, so on and so forth. And really we thought that you could do incredible things with a passionate community at the center of a project. And I think we've proven to this point that it also just makes things move a lot faster. And frankly, makes you know these types of projects a lot more fun. I know you saw yesterday that I tweeted how LinksDAO really is one of the most important and largest utility-based NFTs. And I think 
a lot of the NFT world is really banking on your team pulling this off, which is so exciting for everyone. But before we dive even more into LinksDAO, you have a very interesting background. The reality is everyone who got into crypto besides Brian Armstrong from Coinbase and a few other people have really gotten in over the past two years. And what's most impressive is you weren't just an average employee at an average company who just weren't, wasn't necessarily happy with your boss and wanted to make this average change to your career. You were the CEO of a 1,000-person ad tech company called Teeds, which is a global media platform. And I would love to know what was that jump like for you to not only go from being the CEO of this massive company to now being the founder of a Web3 company? I was, yeah, I was global president and North American CEO of Teeds. And that was, a, that was an incredible journey and I think one of the most rewarding that I'll ever have in my career. I joined that business 10 years ago when it was doing around $10 million, mostly out of France. Uh, and oversaw global expansion into into the Americas and a lot of the the overall kind of corporate strategy that we had globally. And I built the U.S. business into over a three hundred million dollar business, starting from a coffee shop in Brooklyn by myself. And you know, as part of the executive team, you know, we grew the overall business to over forty countries and seven hundred million plus in revenue. So that was an absolute blast. That was you know that was a that was an experience that I had where we you know we sold the business. Uh, and I kind of had a decision to make. I, I, I said to myself, okay, Jim, well, do you want to continue down this path, right? Keep doing, you know, your thing at Teeds, which has been extraordinary, but been doing it for 10 years. Found or go run another ad tech company or go do something completely different and, you know, utilize emerging technology to deliver better user or customer experience. And so I took, I took door number three and never looked back. I mean, it's been an absolute blast. And I think that there's been a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of innovation in, in the Web3 space over the years. Like, you know, more recently, it's been focused on, you know, DeFi analytics and infrastructure. But there was just this outsized opportunity that nobody had really looked at in terms of how can NFTs make a user experience and user journey better and easier and more seamless, right? And that's what we've really focused on at LinksDAO. And I mean, again, like, just the the community speaks for itself like even in the market right now dylan which i mean the market's been brutal over you know the last six seven months and especially over the last few weeks you know it's been a it's been a really difficult place for for a lot of folks even over the last two weeks we've seen our discord channel grow exponentially we have like thirty thousand people on our discord channel now. wow that's um, amazing yeah it's amazing and i think it's it's a testament to what the team has built it's a testament to the fact that you know, we keep delivering and shipping products beyond what people were expecting, right? I think that there's been a problem in the NFT space at times where not enough kind of meat behind what people are saying. And we've really made it our core focus to go above and beyond what we're, what we've promised to the community and deliver like, again, just like an extraordinary experience and, and just an absolute kick-ass community. That's wonderful. And, you know, I don't get to speak to many people with your caliber of expertise in the workforce. So I've got two more background questions that I'm just personally interested in knowing, especially for my own learnings as I continue my journey. What are the challenges that you are personally facing from running a startup versus an organization with over hundreds of people? 
I think it's just getting from zero to one is typically the founder challenge with, you know, starting something from the ground up. We got from zero to one in this one in, in a few weeks, meaning, you know, the project uh, had capital, could really, you know, focus the resources on generating great products for the community, bringing on full-time, really impressive team members and, you know, building a, uh, building an infrastructure um, that will succeed for years. So I think that when in, in most founder journeys, that zero to one portion is is the most difficult. I think what has been it's it's not as challenging now, Dylan, but it was in the first six months of the project. We're doing something completely new and completely novel, and there was absolutely no playbook for it. Right? Successful playbooks, unsuccessful playbooks. There was no experience to draw on. So we really had to focus on trying to make the right decisions along the way, the smart decisions along the way for, you know, a really hearty, lifelong project vision. So I think that that was, a, you know, that was different, right? Having a large community and, and you know, within a advisory board DAO structure, um, making sure that we set up the DAO tooling so that as many voices are heard as possible, as consistently as possible, because like one of the novel things about this project and what's allowed it to move so fast and deliver so much, the community wants something and we focus on delivering that, right? And I think that a lot of other projects, they have products that they're then putting out to the community. We actually just basically go out to the Linksout community and say, hey everyone, what is it that you want? We're gonna focus on building that and delivering it for you. So I think that, you know, the, the, that community aspect at the beginning, kind of honing, or, or I should say, channeling all that enthusiasm and excitement into like into deliverables was a little bit challenging but we have a great infrastructure now we have 40 moderators on the platform these are links down members that are like kind of part-time employees which is amazing you know set up in a different pond so we have a really good structure to succeed Jim, that's really incredible to hear. And I've got one more personal question. What are two leadership skill sets from your background that you've been able to deploy at links with really helping to stand up the company? Positivity. I think positivity and calm. I'm going to, I'm going to pair those two together, Dylan, are hugely important because when I, listen, when I started Teeds, it was this, it was the same thing. It was, well, actually it was, it was different because there was no market. There was, I had to incorporate, you know, the business. There was some money, but not a ton. There was no team. There was no brand name. And so like, you know, and you got to hire the first employee and then the second and the third, and then the 300th and then the 1000s, right? So the, the experience in terms of early days, I think I drew a lot from my experience at Teeds and brought it to my experience at Links. And that is, you know, we're, we're building something special but let's do it and enjoy ourselves while we do it. Right. And that's something that I impart to the team all day. Like we have a team that, that works long hours that is like extremely dedicated, extremely focused, but like it's important to smile along the way and really yeah. enjoy yourself. Like what's the point of, you know, having a job outside of just paying your rent, right? If you can have a job that fulfills you and you really enjoy the people that you're with, like you're going to have a much happier life. So I think, Setting up a company and focusing on that and positivity and, and, and calm and that kind of, you know, people first philosophy is something I'll, I'll always bring with me. And then also the, the second thing, Dylan, is that staying focused is very important, right? So, and that was an interesting challenge in this project because there's so many applications for what we're doing, right? The project can go in a thousand different directions. But basically staying focused on what's important from an infrastructure standpoint, what's important from a roadmap perspective and what's important to the community 
and forgetting about all the other noise, right? I think that staying focused is, is critically important in the first six to 12 months of a project. Thank you for sharing that with me. That was really special to hear. I'd love to move over to the DAO element of links. And so for a lot of people, when they think of a decentralized autonomous organization, they think of kind of a lot of people running around making their own rules. But the reality is that it's quite different at LinksDAO. And so from my understanding, unlike a traditional DAO where every decision is based on the members of the DAO, you treat your DAO more like an advisory committee where the C-Corp is really making the decisions as the fiduciary. One of the questions that I have is, are there plans to continue to decentralize links to give more power to the owners of the tokens? Or do you feel that you have the right amount of decentralization where it currently stands? And question on top of that would be, would you first be able to share with us just how the DAO is structured right now and what rights the holders have first? Sure. So when you buy a Lynx DAO membership, you get access to all the benefits of all of our partners. You get access to our members only token gated clubhouse, which also gives you access to, you know, 150 golf courses around the world. It gives you access to our member reciprocal golf course network. So that's members hosting other members. You get access to our regional link-ups, which are basically community-organized meetups and events, and a handful of other things. You also get what we would say is like, you know, advisory governance rights. So Dylan, you're right. So we're not set up like a traditional DAO. Like if you think about like a Flamingo DAO, like an investment DAO where, you know, people put up proposals for uh, companies they might want to invest in, everybody votes, and then majority wins, right? Is, is assuming that you have a quorum. Because our project is different in how it's structured, meaning we're going out, we're buying physical assets and things of that nature. We had it set up as a, as a C-Corp and then the DAO as an advisory committee. And so as part of that advisory committee, you get like advisory voting governance. So if you own our more limited membership, which is called our global membership, you get 4X uh, voting rights in, in an advisory capacity. And if you have our leisure pass, you get one voting right in, a, in an advisory capacity. And we've had, I think, I wanna say 17 or 18 proposals up at this stage. And we have like very high numbers of, of participation. And there's been 100% alignment in terms of what the business is executing and what the, what the, what the community, what the DAO, what kind of this, this high powered advisory committee is, is voting on. And can you give me an example of a recent proposal that went to the DAO? Yeah. So one example is there's been a lot, actually, we've done a lot of philanthropy this year. So there was a proposal uh, earlier on to, you know, give a couple of days of our royalties to uh, Eat, Learn, Play, which is Steph Curry's charity, because Steph Curry is he's a member of the, of the Lynx DAO uh, community. We did a similar thing for the first tee, which, uh, which is focused on uh, bringing the game of golf to underprivileged kids in underprivileged communities. We did a basically a ranked voting in terms of as we're going out and we're searching for the golf course, what are the most important elements of the golf course for you community? Is a quality course, is it the, the architect, a notable architect? Is it close to an international airport? Is it close to you know other golfing options in the area? That one got an enormous amount of participation. And then also we just, we're, we're actually minting our PFP collection right now. It's called Links Champions. And so we got some great feedback from the community in terms of 
uh, what that PFP would look like. And what parts of a company, and maybe you can just give one or two examples, do you feel need to be centralized and owned by a core group of people versus the advisory committee? So I'll just, I'll give you one example in, in our case. So you're going to go out, you're going to buy a golf course, right? Let's say for argument's sake, that golf course costs $10 million. Um, ideally, what you want to do is you want to raise debt, finding, debt financing on that from a traditional bank. A traditional bank is going to do business with a corporation with a credit score. It, it's a lot harder to raise debt with something like a, you know, a fully decentralized autonomous organization. And so you know, having you know, fully doxed founders in, you know, in, a, in a traditional business um, capacity is very important with the way the world currently does business today. So I think that that's a kind of a good example of, you know, one of the reasons we set it up this way. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'd love to move over to a bit of the fun stuff being golf. Jim, what does a reimagined golf club mean to you? And you can take that however you want to, but I think it'd even be a little bit more fun if we leave blockchain aside for a second and just think about the actual experience of the club. So think about what we want to build, Dylan, as as a extremely high quality, very fun, more kind of degen focused golf experience that's accessible to significantly more people. Right. So it's like I think what you've seen is you've seen an extraordinary amount of really high quality golf courses developed and opened over the last 10 to 15 years. I also think you've seen it like become much more expensive to go to these places like the average person. They want to go to Bandit Dunes. Like, I mean, that place is incredible. Like, that's a that's a great golf experience, but it's going to cost you like ten thousand dollars, right? And don't quote me on that. I'm just like, this is directional cost. It has a lot of money. We want to basically open up uh, experience that rivals any of the greatest golf courses out there, and have it be available to our members for like a fraction of the cost. And we can do this because we have critical mass of members, right? That might only be going down and playing the golf course two, three times a year, four times, five times, depending on where you are. But the cost of entry is so low that like it makes the place way more accessible and democratic to the masses. I think that that's really philosophically one of the things we want to do. I think on the golf course itself, we want to think about some like very cool new technology applications, like cameras on the par threes. And if you get a hole in one, we automatically mint a hole in one NFT for you. All of the T-boxes are like high definition, these beautiful screens. You can basically mint NFTs to have naming rights to that hole for a day, for a week, for a month, for a season. And allowing on-course betting from inside of our digital members-only clubhouse, right? So it's like, we want to build a reward system of points where basically you can you can bet your links points, right? Think about this as like Amex points. and have people be able to kind of tune into matches that are happening on the golf course and be participants in the way of like, you know, commenting, betting, things of that nature, right? So I think that the golf course itself, very fun, very playable, extremely high quality with like a lot of technology integrated into it that just doesn't exist right now in the world of golf. Yeah, that sounds extremely interesting. And transparently, I believe one of the reasons why, or two of the reasons I haven't gotten into golf myself is Number one is a lot of the cost does just seem extremely prohibitive where I can get an entire season of tennis for the price of one round at a very fancy golf course, putting, of course, membership duties aside. Um, but second is really like that fun and modern element. 
I feel like I represent this new school of millennials. And whenever I do go to a golf course, I just feel like it's not necessarily for a fun and engaging activity. It just seems a little bit stale. And so everything that you're saying really does resonate with me. And I'm excited for your team to bring this to life, which then brings up to the next part of the question, which is you've now got to buy this freaking course. Um, that is a big endeavor. And so, like you mentioned, you're going to need to get a debt facility. You're going to need to get a location that's in the right location. Now that you're seeing the process of buying a course, how has that process been for you? What's been easier and what's been harder? First thing we did, uh, Dylan, this is, this is maybe good, good for you and the listeners to know is understand that we have not bought a golf course before. So instead of going out there and taking a really long time to learn all the nuances of buying a golf course, partner with the best in breed company that can help us to, to move faster and to do things the right way. So we have a we have a strategic partnership with Kemper Sports, which manages Bandon Dunes and Sand Valley and Stream Song. Like they're they're commonly thought of as the best golf course management company in, in the business. So they're basically helping us source all of our our property options. They're doing initial due diligence and then like very deep due diligence and things like infrastructure, all golf courses. We're basically doing an enormous amount of in-depth P&L review with them. Uh, We're forecasting out what this golf course could do in revenue with our model and, you know, in three, six, nine, 12, 24, 36 months. Basically, we are partnered with the best in the business to make sure that we do this thing right. So I think that's important to, to, to understand at, at the onset. I think the what's been harder is that sourcing is a sourcing is the hardest part, to be honest. Like sourcing really good golf properties that are gonna be up for sale, I think um, has uh, you know has been something that we've really focused a lot of time on. Um, there aren't a lot, there aren't a hundred incredible golf courses available on market at the price that you're looking for at any given time, right? So so I think that making sure that we're, you know, we're zeroing in on the right property has been has been critical. And I think, you know, we would love to buy a golf course tomorrow, or we would love to buy a golf course 10 months ago and have people playing on it right now, right? I'd be in the clubhouse doing this podcast, you know, from you know, from the bar. It'd be awesome. But the really important thing is to get the right golf course and the right experience for the membership. And and so, yeah, we're focused on making that happen as as soon as as possible. But the Um, The fun parts have been like, I mean, we visited now nine properties. So we've looked at nine different properties at this stage and from uh, New York to North Carolina, to South Carolina, to Georgia and a handful of other places. And just going and learning about, you know, the, the history of these clubs, you know, what they're good at, what they need improvements on, and just really learning the nuts and bolts of the golf course management business has been really cool. And it's been a lot of fun because as you can imagine, like personally, I'm a, I'm a crazy golfer. Like I love golf and so does everybody involved in this project. So getting to be a part of, of the golf industry has been, has been a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing that detail. Again, uh, all of your answers actually have been top notch. And so again, thank you for them. In the early days of LinksDAO, the reception from traditional golf players was very positive. Has yeah. that reception been maintained? It has. I mean, I think that we've made a name for ourselves now in the golf industry as, you know, as a, as a community, as a project that's really been innovative in how we've, you know, approached this space. 
So, you know, Callaway, the largest golf company in the world, public company is, you know, they've invested in our business. They bring us an enormous amount of benefits across our whole portfolio. Bridgestone Golf is a great partner. Betonardi is a great partner. Golf Digest is a good partner. Travis Matthew, Holdings and Bourne, Five Iron Golf, Mizzen and Maine. We're talking to some big golf organiza organizations about events for next year. Uh, we do great work with Arcos and Devereaux and IMG Prestige, which is a killer golf course network, William Murray Golf for it. I mean, it's just like the list goes on and on. So I think that the, the, the reception from the traditional golf community has been, wow, look how fast this thing moves. Look how, how, how quickly like the community continues to grow and interest continues to grow in this project, you know, really having a, a focus on community and a voice of the community is going to be a really important part of the golf business as we move forward. So we want to be a part of it. So yeah, no, the, the enthusiasm has definitely been maintained. And so, Jim, there's there's two parts to getting acquainted with LinksDAO. Number one is the community element and reading all the great press and seeing all the great partnerships. And it's like, wow, this is exciting. This is something that I would want to be a part of. But then we've got the second part of this, which is the crypto element, which is very convoluted. And if you don't spend weeks at a time understanding how to get a MetaMask, how to buy the NFT, how to not get screwed over. It can be very difficult to get normies involved. Are you trying to find easier ways to get normies involved in the actual process of becoming members? Or is it more about, hey, figure it out yourself. And when you figure it out, we're here to sort of shepherd you in. We have tried very hard to make the process less painful on folks. Cause I think it was, there was a very prominent player, a top five player. And I was talking to his agent and I taught him how to buy an NFT. And it was a, a seven step process. This was the fastest process with a lot of financial verification. Like it's a heavy lift, right? And so we do, we've done a lot of education in this in our Genesis mint of our, of our Genesis NFTs or membership passes. A third of folks, this was their first NFT purchase. So we've already brought a lot of new people into the world of crypto. Super um, interesting fact. Yeah, it, it, it is. And um, and I've spoken with a lot of them. There's some of them are CEOs at golf companies and they told me hilarious stories about tripping over themselves to try to figure out how to do this thing and having to bring in, you know, their, you know, their assistant or a young kid from, from IT to try to help them figure out how to set up a MetaMask block. Um, but yeah, so we've already, we've, we've, we've had a lot of interest from, I, I would say like non, non-native web three folks in, in getting involved. And when we think about future products, we, you know, we'll be making them available, you know, via, you know, via, you know, Ethereum or via, you know, Polygon or available via credit card purchase, right? We want to, what we want to do is we want to create the world's largest permissionless and accessible golf community. Uh, and I think utilizing uh, cryptocurrency is a great way to do that. And utilizing NFTs is a great way to scale it faster, but it's not the only way. And I think we have to be flexible uh, as you know, more people get you know, yeah. onboarded into Web3. Yeah, now. I think there's a great opportunity to leverage some custodial solutions as well for those who don't want to set up a MetaMask. For sure. Jim, let's move on to our last two topics. One of them being NFTs as a whole and partnerships, and then we'll go to big picture. So... You've got this great list of partnerships that are available to links holders. Very high level question, but can you please just explain the importance of why these partnerships are so important? Yeah. So if think about it this way, Dylan, so if you belong to a country club today, right? So you pay a huge initiation fee, you have massive 
uh, monthly dues on that golf club. And basically what your membership gets you is you can hang out with the people that are there, right? That's kind of the equivalent to like a Discord, I guess, for Web3. You can go out and you can play the golf course. Cool. You can, you know, buy food and beverage and, you know, buy like stuff in the pro shop. Like that's, that's it. Maybe they got tennis courts for you too, Dylan, right? So, you know, what we're bringing is we're going to give you all that incredible access plus the best benefits from the biggest companies in the world of golf. So it's just a much more comprehensive offering than you get anywhere else for like a fraction of the cost. And this is like one of the major unlocks, right? It is how can we take a an old and expensive system that has existed for a very long time, make it extremely uh, affordable and orders of magnitude more valuable. And so the partnerships are a key piece of that um, where, you know, you can get discounts on the best golf equipment. You can get, you know, massive discounts on the best apparel brands. Um, you can get access to events you couldn't access before. Uh, this in real life utility is of critical importance to delivering value for the community members, for the NFT holders, and just for the LinkStat project on the whole. Jim, this has been awesome. And from the bottom of my heart, this has probably been one of the more enjoyable conversations that I've had, just given your track record as an executive who knows how to speak very succinctly, that's important at a podcast, and also just the passion that you have for what you're building and from what it looks like, the quality of the product that you're bringing to the table. And so I'd actually love to chat with you off camera for just a few pieces of my own advice while I have you for about five minutes. But in the meantime, want to thank you so much for being on Off The Chain and for being such a transparent guest with such succinct answers. And thank you to the LinkStow team for helping to set this up. Dylan, it's been a blast, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Talk soon. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time.